0: Good morning. Oh, the, there's the song. Good. Uh, good, morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for the welcome. Very special. It's really. It's a blessing to be back here. Although I didn't manage to bring my own Bible with me this morning. Um, as as we got out of the car, I realized my Bible. I left my Bible at home, and so I was like, as in the car on the way you're driving. I thought, well, there's. Oh, you're recording. Okay, great. Um, there's lots of little niggly things happening. So clearly the enemy is busy doing stuff, and now I forget my Bible. So I was like, well, then God's really wanting to do something this morning. And thankfully, I married a Christian. So she brought her Bible with, so I'm using my wife's Bible, and I just quickly stuck some pieces of paper in there. Um, so if you um, are sitting next to your husband or wife, and they don't have their Bible with them this morning, just maybe just pray for them. Just <laughs> for their salvation, that they will also become a Christian like my wife. I might not be, maybe someone else is supposed to be preaching this morning, but it's a, a privilege to to be with you guys. Yeah, we It's such an honor to be here, we just feel so blessed and honored to just be back at bay and... Um, I think I wanted to start by just saying this because we didn't really get a chance. You know, this the world's been a bit crazy lately, so when we were transitioning out of Bay and, and taking over the leadership of another church, which is Connections Church in it's in Fish Eagle Park, it's in Fishuk If you don't know where Fish Eagle Park is, um, it's sort of on the border of Masipumalele. Um, when we were in that process, when all of that happened, we did all of that over video. You know, so we a lot of you folk we didn't actually even get a chance to see since then. So it's such a blessing. Um, to be back here and just to be ministering. Um, I see Sheldon a lot. So if, he, if there's something wrong with him, that's probably my fault. But I see him a lot, and we speak a lot, and we really have a sense, um, not just from myself personally, not just from what Sheldon himself carries, but also from what I've sensed in the leaderships of the two churches, that there's a real reason God has brought us as churches together. Um, there's something more that God is busy building and doing and so we're really excited about that. We're not trying to make something happen. We just know God is making things happen. God is busy doing things, and, and we're just excited to be part of that. So um, recently, um, we were looking, we were in the market for a new home, and, and the whole way that that all happened, I'm not going to share that whole story with you, but suffice to say, it was a complete miracle how God undertook for this. And so I want to just say to you, if you're looking for a home right now, I want to pray for you for a breakthrough in that area. Is there anybody who's looking for a home right now? Whether to buy or to rent or... Let's just pray right now. Father, I just thank you for every single person here who is trusting you for breakthrough in terms of their home, in terms of accommodation. I pray right now, Father, that you open up that which is locked and that you release that which is bound in Jesus' name. And we pray for blessing and we pray for new homes, Lord God, homes that will not just bless these families, but homes through which they will be a blessing to others. We declare that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So, so we had a miracle around just how we got this house that we eventually now are busy buying. You know, the bank's buying it for us. You know how that works. And um, it was quite a process. It was quite a process. But through all of that, you know, you think about all the things around buying a property. And I don't know if you know this, so I'm going to quiz you on this. Um, who of you know the three fundamental rules when you're buying a property? There's three rules they say to you. You, Those are the most important things you always need to look at if you're buying a property. Who knows what they are? There's some estate agents here. There's a lady. Location. There we go. Location. Location. And the third one is? Location. And it's not a joke. It really is the three rules of buying property. Because if you buy a property, you can change everything about that property. But what's the one thing you can't change? The location. the location. You can't, well, I suppose in America they do that. They actually, they have wooden houses, they jack them up. Have you ever seen them do that? They drive them down the street to another <laughs> location. So in America, this word wouldn't work. But I want to speak to you this morning about location, about where are you located in the spirit? Where are you located in the spirit? So first of all, turn with me in your Bibles to Matthew chapter 13. I'm going to share quite a few scriptures um, because I want to, through the scriptures, I want to help you also locate yourself. Because I'm going to be speaking about location in the spiritual, and but the Spirit Himself is going to be speaking to you in your heart about where are you located. So so listen to what I'm saying. I'm not talking about where do you live physically. I'm not talking about the physical area you live in, whether it's Musenberg or Capricorn or it's not I'm not talking about the physical location now we're talking about location in the spiritual sense okay and I'll explain that as we go but I want you to first of all just read the scripture with me it's one of the many parables Jesus told about explaining the kingdom of God and he says in Matthew 13 verse 44 he says this the kingdom of heaven is like treasure hidden in a field which a man found and covered it up Then in his joy, he goes and sells all he has and buys that field. Do you see it it says there, that field? Does it say he goes and buys a field? Would that make any sense? He goes and finds a treasure. No one else knows about this treasure. This is just a piece of land. There's a treasure covers it up again, he goes and sells everything he has, and then he goes and buys another field. Would that make any sense? Why does he buy that field? Because the treasure is there. Where your heart is, there is your treasure also. So he finds the treasure, he finds that which is the most valuable thing that he's ever discovered in his whole life, and he goes and invests everything he has into obtaining that it's a location, it's a place. The kingdom of God is like that. The kingdom of God is like that. That's what Jesus says. So my first question to you this morning is, have you found the treasure? Have you found the treasure? Have you discovered? or Are you still searching? Are you still searching? You know what's been amazing to me is that in, during lockdown, I've been listening to a lot of people. Most of them are overseas overseas. Um, But there are some even, in fact, there was one lady, she's in Joburg, South African lady, who I listened to her story. This was sort of prior, her was a bit prior lockdown. But a number of people I've been listening to on YouTube who have spoken about their experience of searching and searching and searching and searching and finding Christ. Searching in all different places, going to New Age philosophy, going into the world of culture, going to the world of academics. And you listen to their stories. These are completely independent people. These aren't people talking together. This is just, I found these people one after the other who have spoken about searching and searching until they found Jesus, until they found the resurrected one and how their life was changed. Amazing, people from all different walks of life. So I wanna ask you this morning, have you found the treasure? Have you found that treasure, which means everything else becomes almost insignificant in comparison to this treasure? Now, let me go a little bit further. Let's go to John chapter 15. John chapter 15. So I want to just, I'm just sharing these scriptures to help us locate ourselves and and gain an understanding of, of what God is saying. I'm going to read a few verses here from John 15. I'm sure you guys know this passage well. It's one of those ones we love and love to quote. This is Jesus speaking and he's describing himself. And he says in verse 1, I am the true vine, and my Father is the vine dresser. So he says, here's a parable again. Jesus isn't literally a vine. But he says, in the spiritual realm, I am like a vine. I am like a vine. And look what he says a little bit further down in verse 5. I am the vine. You are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit. Fruit. For apart from me, you can do nothing. Nothing. If you think of this parable, if you think of the story, just in the simplest sense, if you take any plant, are these real? Are they they real? Okay. If you take that plant, if it was a fake plant, this wouldn't apply (laughs) because it'll look the same. If you take that plant and you cut one of those branches off and you leave it on the ground there, will it look the same as the rest of the plant a week later? Why not? It's got no life source. Why has it got no life source? It is separated. Do you see why location is important? If that branch is not located in that vine, it cannot get the source that it needs to live. It cannot get the source. So many people are saying, Lord, I need breakthrough for this, I need breakthrough for that. And God is saying, Where are you located? Where's your source? Where's your strength coming from that you are crying out to me? I'll give you a simple example and and I'm not going to preach on this this morning, but I want to give you a simple example and the eldership of the church will thank me for this example later. Here's an example in a lot of people say, Lord, I need breakthrough over my finances. Who needs breakthrough over their finances? Don't put your hand up for this. You don't want to put your hand up for this one. You, but we say that. We, we use that language. We say, Lord, I need breakthrough for my finances. And God's in heaven saying, why do you need to break something? What do you need to break? Because my word says in Malachi chapter 3, he says, if you bring the full tithe into my storehouse, will you not see me open the, the windows of heaven for you? But we're saying, Lord, give me breakthrough. Give me breakthrough. God said, no, no, don't break my windows. Don't break them. I will open them. If you bring the full tithe into my house. So sometimes we are crying out for something, but we're not located in the right place. We're not located. I want to say to you, friends, try it. It's actually one of the, it's the only time, in fact, it's the only time in the whole Bible where God says, test me on this. Go and test him. Not tithe from after tax. The full tithe, bring it into the house and test God and see what He will do for you. Because if He doesn't, He's not a God of His word. But I've never seen it fail. Never once. Not in a single person I've known who has tested God in this has this ever failed. Not once. I remember I struggled with this and I was saying, Lord, um, how must I tithe and how do you tithe? And I was like, and I was trying to justify, you know, tithing from after tax income. I'm sorry, this isn't part of the message, but we're talking about this now. I was trying to tithe from my after-tax income. I said, well, this is what I get after, because this is what comes into my bank account. So after that, you've already paid the tax man. So I'll tithe from that. And then I was wrestling with this with the Lord. I was saying, Lord, please explain this to me and how does this work? And and I felt still that the, the, the devourer was still coming in here and there. Because remember, it says in Malachi, he will rebuke the devourer. If you bring the full tithe, he will rebuke the devourer. And I was praying about it. And then I just, Jesus just said to me, Um, Just go to my word. My word says, give unto Caesar what is Caesar's and give unto God what is God's. So don't come with this whole story of tax this tax. You give your taxes, but you tithe from every single cent that comes into your bank account. And test God on this. Test him on this, that he will not bless you. That he will not open the, the floodgates of heaven, the windows of heaven, and pour forth blessing. Go and read. If you don't believe me, go and read Malachi chapter 3. There are seven blessings God promises for those who tithe. That's just a side point about location, because it's about locating ourselves. Church is very quiet now. (laughs) Very, very quiet. Sheldon did not ask me to say this, by the way. This is not even part of my preach. This is just a side note. But Jesus said that if you abide in me, you will bear much fruit. Who wants to bear fruit? This is not just any fruit. This is the fruit of fulfilling the very purpose for which God made you. Who of you wants to carry the fruit of what God designed you for, what God made you for? So Jesus says to us, if you want to bear fruit, remain in me. Remain in me. Remain connected to me. So I want to speak to you about the kingdom principle, the, the spiritual principle of location, location, location. Three locations. I'm going to focus on the last one. That's the one I believe God wants us to focus on this morning, but I'm going to mention the other two because I don't want to um, say too many things. I want to focus in on what I feel God is saying. So there are three locations. You know, the Bible talks about us when we become believers, we become born again. Paul likes to talk about the language of us being put into Christ. He says, when we are baptized, you are baptized into Christ. And he constantly, if you read Paul's writings, he always talks about being in Christ. In Christ, in the heavenly realms. In Christ, you have salvation. In Christ are the promises of God. In Christ. And this is what Jesus is speaking about. He's speaking about the location of being rooted and planted in him. And there are three points of location in the spiritual realm that we need to locate ourselves into. Now, we are located in these things. I I think that message came through so strongly this morning that this is not a work where God is saying to you, that you have to do this work that you have to go and make yourself be located it's really i believe this morning god saying he wants you to understand where you are located and he wants you to dwell there because remember he says he who abides he who remains you dwells in these places that is where you bear fruit so you don't have to if you are a believer if you've come to faith in jesus you are already located in these three things but god is is saying to you, if you want to bear fruit, remain there. Don't be like that leaf, that plant that, or that branch that gets detached and then reattaches and detaches. And then you go up and down like this and you feel this way your whole life because it's up and down and it's, it's here and there. He says, remain. Be stable. Be consistent. So the first way, the first location, the first spiritual location in which God plants us, who knows what the first one is? you're sitting in it right now (laughs) we are seated that well that's a good one because we are seated in him turn with me in your bibles to 1 corinthians chapter 12 i didn't actually put a mark in there 1 corinthians chapter 12 let's read this one quickly So verse, verse 12 and verse 13 says, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and 13, For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we were all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all made to drink of one spirit. So the first location we find ourselves is the location of the body of Christ the church. Not Bay City Church, but the church. But our expression of that is our local church. It is our local church. It is the place in which God has put us, and he's saying to you, locate yourself there. Immerse yourself there. Remain in that place. Don't run away from that place. Now, there's so many people I've journeyed with where I've said to them, if you will remain in this journey, you will be changed. But if you run away, there's nothing I can do for you. But if you remain here, if we continue to be with one another, if we continue to speak into each other's lives, if we continue to share life and continue to talk about our struggles and the things that are bothering us or whatever it is that's tripping us up, if we continue to do that, we will grow together. But the moment you run away because it gets difficult, gets uncomfortable, there's nothing I can do to help you. God has called us to be located in his church. For some of you this morning, even though you're here, you're located in the church in terms of this gathering. But for some of us this morning, you are hesitant to really immerse yourself fully into this church. There's something that is making you hesitant. There's something that is holding you back. When God says, go deeper, build deeper relationships be more in touch be more connected there's something that holds you back and God wants to deal with that this morning he wants to deliver you from that this morning and say to you locate yourself in this congregation where God has planted you locate yourself there remain there be connected there you know I can tell you so many stories so many testimonies of how in my life when I've been struggling with something when there's something that is going amiss something that I that doesn't make sense It it doesn't work out. There's, There's something I'm praying over. I'm maybe not even sleeping well at night. And I'm wrestling through this thing. And I'm saying, Lord, show me the answer. Show me the way. And I gather with my little group that gathers every Thursday morning for the last 15 years. I gather with that group. And someone in that group is sharing that morning a devotion from the Word and speaking from their heart through the Spirit. And they're not speaking about the thing I'm dealing with at all. They have no clue about it. I haven't told them yet. But they're just speaking something from the Word. And and instantly something they say just makes all the sense. And I realize that's where my struggle was. And everything makes sense. Because God uses the body. God ministers through the body. And if I'm not in that place, if I'm not there on a Thursday, I can't receive what God wants to do there. We, we love this generation we're living in where we can Zoom and YouTube and all those things. It's wonderful. It's great. But there's nothing that replaces being located together. Even if that's over a phone call together or over Zoom together. But being located, being saying, I'm going to make a commitment to be with you every week, and you're there, because there God can work. He works in the body. It's the location he has chosen. He has not chosen another place for you. Some of you are still living this life where you are in the body sometimes and in the world, and you have chosen friends around you. Drag you away. so you come into the body and people are trying to lift you up, but then you go back to those friends and they're trying to drag you down, and God says this morning, "No more of that. Cut off those relationships. That is not where you located. That is not who you are, that is not who God has called you to be. Cut them off. Today. Say no more. No more of that. Because this is where God has located me. That's the first location. Look at the second location with me. He says, sorry, let me just, I don't know this Bible, so I've got to find the, in mine it's underlined, so it makes it, makes it a lot easier. The one I forgot, yes. Verse 7, there we go, I found it eventually. It's also, there's a different translation, so it makes it a little bit trickier. Look at verse 7, chapter, we, I'm sorry, I'm in John 15, sorry, I'm back in John 15. Verse 7, look at what he says, Jesus himself saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it'll be done for you. The second location in which we must abide is the word of God. Jesus himself is the word. So we're not talking about learning the Bible intellectually. We're talking about being in the word relationally. We meet God in his word. We encounter God there. But look at this amazing promise Jesus gives to us. I mean, what a a promise is this? If you abide in me and my words abide in you, ask whatever you wish and it will be done for you. Ask whatever you wish. God wants us to be in relationship with him so that that which is his character, is his nature, rubs off on us. Do you know that out of out of your heart flows your words? So if you spend time with somebody, you will get to know them. You'll get to know their heart if you spend a lot of time with them because of their words. You'll get to know things about them. And you'll get to know what they are like and what they are not like. You'll be able to discern actually what really is their speech so for example if I spend time with Farnas we have coffee every now and then and um, I spend time with Farnas and Farness, every single time we go for a coffee Farnas tells me oh my gosh the, you know the one thing just never ever ever on this earth give me orange juice it's the most disgusting thing I don't know I think you like orange juice I don't know Farnas um he says orange juice is the worst thing in the world I, I just hate it hate it Farnes, and, and maybe you'll say carrot juice that's his thing carrot juice any day. If someone comes to me at some point, somewhere, randomly, and says to me, i got this message for you. Farnes wants you to buy him two liters of orange juice. I'll say to you, I'm sorry, but you are lying. That is not Farnes that I know, because I know his word from spending time with him. So I know what he's like. I know his character. But if someone says to me, I got this message from a guy called Farnes. I just... met me in the street and he just said to me, please ask Martijn to buy me two liters of carrot juice. I'll be like, yeah, that's farness. I'll know. You see, the word of God abides in you as you abide with him. But some of us are reluctant to go to the word of God. We're reluctant to spend time with him in his word. And you're missing out on God answering your prayers. You are missing out on knowing God's heart and character so that you can pray according to his word and so that he can answer your prayers. Because when you pray the word of God, God has to answer his word. That's his nature. That's his character. He cannot go against his word. He can never, ever go against his word. It's just for us to first know and understand his word and then to believe it. And when we begin to do that and we begin to pray forth and we begin to say, Lord, you have said, Lord, you have said, Lord, you have said, therefore, Lord, I ask you for this and this. God begins to answer those prayers. But you can't do that if you're not located in his word. Located in his word. That's the second place of location. We could go into that a lot more, but I want to focus on the third one this morning, the third place of location. So go with me. Um, let's go to John first. Look at um, We just skip one page back, John chapter 6. So here's a few scriptures I want to give you for this location, because this is the one I want to focus on this morning. I know we don't have that much time, but... John 7, verse 38. John 7, sorry. Did I say 6? It's my Bible. Thanks, Errol. It's waiting for me at home. <laughs> I'm so glad my wife's a Christian. <laughs> yeah. really. Well, I could preach from here, I suppose, but it's not so much fun. Look at what Jesus says in John chapter 7. I, w- I would love to speak about the context here, but we don't have time for that. Just look at these words. He says, whoever believes in me, as the scriptures have said, out of his heart will flow rivers of living water do you know that we are called to make a difference in this world around us we are called to be a voice of justice and righteousness so when we see the government doing things that are illegal we speak out against those things and we are a difference we are a light we are a prophetic voice we speak into that context but you know what as well no matter what this government chooses to do, no matter matter what happens in this world around me, it doesn't affect where my life comes from. It doesn't change where my source is. Because my source, the rivers of living water flow from where? From somewhere over there that I need to go and fetch? No, where does it flow from? From your heart. This is the third location. This is the most important location that that the Lord wants to deal with this morning. It says, Out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. Not even just a river, but rivers. Have you ever seen a really raging river? When that river is raging, there is absolutely nothing you can do to stop it. Nothing. Even a, a really, if you think about this logically, even a really big and powerful dam cannot stop a river. Because when they build a dam, they put sluice gates in the dam. They put a place for the river to keep flowing through the dam. Because if you completely block off a flooding river and it flows over the dam, it'll eventually degrade the dam and it'll eventually break that dam down. There is nothing that you can do in all the world to stop a flowing river. Nothing. Mankind has never found a way to stop it it will work, it'll go, your concrete, it'll erode, your foundations, it'll erode, it'll find a way because if you build concrete here, it'll erode the ground on the side of the concrete and it'll break it away there. Watch, go on YouTube and watch a few videos on river or dams failing and see what a flooding river can do to a massive concrete dam. And Jesus is saying to us today, out of your heart will flow rivers of living water. So I don't care what is happening in the world around me. It's not going to change who I am. It's not going to change my 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 source or my identity because out of the inner pots of my heart is where life flows from. It's where life comes from. So turn with me to Proverbs, chapter four. Just another verse there. This translation actually says it better. So thanks, babes, for bringing your Bible with. Yeah, it, it actually is a better verse. It's a better translation, I'm sure. See, God had a plan; He knew. Proverbs four. <laughs> Proverbs four, verse twenty-three. What does it say there? Who wants to read that out loud for us? Someone just blare it out. Oh, My. I'll. I'll read it afterwards. There, Nadine, go. Above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. This translation says, keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Rivers of living water will spring forth, will flow forth from within you. And he says, God, keep your heart, protect your heart. Protect your heart. That's the third, and actually it's the most important location point of God with you from which flow everything else in your life and your spiritual growth. He says, keep it. He says, guard it. Because out of that flows everything. And if it's corrupted in your heart, bad things will flow out of your heart. And if it's good in your heart, good things will flow out of that place. But notice the word. He says, keep your heart with all diligence. Do you know where that word in the Hebrew, where that word is used for the first time? Who knows where that word is used for the first time in the Bible? Keep. It's it's the word keep. It can also mean God. It can also mean protect. Keep. Genesis, yes. Where? Keep the garden. Remember... Oh, that's also a good one. That's, that's actually after this one, but that's. I think it's the same word. I'm not sure, but I think it's the same word. But the very first time, remember when God makes Adam and Eve? He creates them in chapter 1. And then it retells the creation, and it says God himself went and planted a garden. You want to go there? Let's just go to Genesis chapter 2. We'll just. I'm just going to mention them, but let's just... Genesis chapter 2. After God had created everything else, He created man in His image. And then verse 8 it says Genesis 2, verse 8, and the Lord. God planted a garden in Eden in the east and there he put man whom he had formed. And then a little bit further down he says to them in verse 15 and the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to work it and to keep it, to cultivate it and to keep it. So this garden of Eden is not like a um, a house garden. Don't think of the garden in your backyard if you have if you're fortunate enough to have a garden. Don't even think of one in, in like a fancy backyard like Constantia or like a really big backyard. Think more of like the Kirstenbosch Gardens. Or even think more of like, like an area like Nyisner, forests and rivers. There was this wasn't a garden in that sense, it was a garden, it was it was a massive area of land, cultivated land, rivers, trees. Um fields, all that you can imagine. I mean, you almost have to really close your eyes and imagine this place. Waterfalls, just the most incredible place. And it says God himself planted the garden. He personally went and planted every plant in that garden so that there's food, the right food for Adam and Eve to eat. And he does all of this before he puts him in the garden. So he doesn't create Adam and Eve and say to them, here's a piece of land make it work he he makes it everything perfect for them and then he puts them into that space and he says now all you need to do is cultivate it and guard it or keep it and we know from genesis chapter 3 where is the place that god used to meet with adam and eve it says he used to walk with them in the cool of the day in the garden he used to meet them there he used to encounter them there now that garden is is gone we don't have access to that garden But you know that Jesus said that he's coming to restore all things. He's coming to restore all things. And there's going to come a day where we will be in a garden city. It's called the New Jerusalem. It's a city and a garden all mixed in one. Can you just imagine what that looks like? But for right now, he says, I'm restoring the garden. But the garden is not a physical place. Although it's actually wonderful to go in nature, to go and meet with God. But here's the garden, my friends. The garden is your heart. The garden is the secret place of your heart. That is where you meet with God. If you meet with God in your life, in the garden of your heart, in the word of God that is Jesus, and in the body of God, I promise you, your life will be changed. It's impossible for you to stay the same person if you do these three things. If you locate, if you abide yourself in these three things, it's impossible for you not to be radically changed and for rivers to not flow out of your heart. But this morning, I believe God's saying that some of us, and this is where I believe the Lord wants to minister, some of us, our gardens have been damaged. So I want you to just close your eyes just for a moment. And just for a moment, imagine the garden. Imagine the garden. This is your heart. See yourself in this place, in your heart. No one else is there. It's just you. It's just you. And this place looks like a garden. And God himself comes to walk with you in this garden. But for some of us, there's maybe been things that have been allowed into this garden that have brought destruction or damage. But don't worry god is the one who restores the garden and he can restore that today if you let him it doesn't take effort he's not asking you to plant the garden he will plant the garden he just wants access he just wants your permission he just wants you to say father would you come and plant what you want in my heart so that me and you can meet here in this place so i want you right now whatever it is if there's anger. If there's bitterness towards someone, if there's unforgiveness that's in your heart, if you see it there, maybe it looks like a like a really dying tree or something in your in that garden that shouldn't be there. You just see the father coming. You ask him, say, Father, would you come and remove out of my garden that which is not meant to be here? And you see in your mind's eye, I want you to imagine it. Our imaginations are very powerful. I want you to imagine the father coming and taking out anything that is not of him. So right now, father, I pray for unforgiveness where someone has hurt us and we've held on to that. I pray right now that we will forgive them and release them, that they'll be removed from this garden. I pray for bitterness, Lord, where there's a bitter spirit or a bitter almost pool of water in this garden. I pray right now that we will forgive And that bitterness will be removed right now in Jesus' name. Lord God, if there are idols, things that we have raised up, that we're going to to worship, Lord, I pray that those idols be removed right now in Jesus' name. And Father, we pray that you will come into the garden of our hearts right now and you will plant, you will plant what you want to plant. Now I want you to remain, close your eyes, just see yourself in the garden. Can we have keyboard? Just as she's coming, when you do this on your own, it's really great to just have some instrumental music can be any kind, whatever you choose. But I think music is important. There is a sound. There is a, because it's a resting place where you're meeting with God.
1: What Martin has spoken into this morning What Martine has spoken into this morning is aligning with the word that Alana brought a couple of weeks ago about getting your house in order. This is part of it. This is what it looks like. This is the practical outplaying of what it means to get your house in order. We've had words come about purification. When water is purified, a lot of the gunk comes up and gets scraped away and that's because of the light on the water purifying it. And we're going to create these moments for ministry now because there was such a strange thing that I went through this week where I felt almost like a nesting come over me. And if you've you've been pregnant or you've been around a pregnant woman, kind of in your eighth or ninth month, you get this weird kind of energy to clean your house, to wash the baby's clothes, to, to make order, to get things ready for that's what's happening. It came over me that I, I am physically doing that in my own home. I'm cleaning out cupboards. I felt God say, you have to ready your house physically for the next season, for the season that is coming, to stretch the capacity of what God is about to pour out in your lives. This is, again, this is, the playtime is over. This is these moments. We're getting the house in order. Get your house in order. The bitterness The unforgiveness, it's got to go. It will not serve you in the next season. It will kill you in the next season. Let it go. I'd like us all to stand, please.
0: So as we're standing, just just still be in that place. I just want us to just picture just for a moment just as we in that garden and i want you to lose yourself in that space it's just you and it's the father in the cool of the garden and i want you to see him walking towards you in the cool of the garden And he looks at you and he says, my child, my child, I formed you in your mother's womb. Before you were born, I already destined and called you. The very things that stir deep in your heart, the very things that made you the person that you are, that gives you the passions that you have, I place those things in your heart. Don't try and be what the world has told you to be. I am your father. You have been made in my image. You are my son, my daughter, and I love you, and I accept you exactly as you are. When you come with a humble heart before me, I receive you, and I want to. And I believe the Father wants to say over us: You are forgiven. You are forgiven. All of your sin even what the sin you haven't yet done, it has been forgiven of you. You are my child. I love you. I love you. I love you. My child, I want you to call to remembrance. There were passions that you had even as a child growing up that you used to do when, when you used to play as a child. You used to play certain games. Some of those things are passions I put in your heart and I want to reawaken what I've called you to be. Some of those passions are about being a warrior. I've called you to be a warrior. I've called you to fight in this battle. I've called you to engage. Don't be afraid. I'm with you. When you played those games,